Did BYU football find their quarterback of the future just down the road at Springville High School? Well, Ryder Burton is going to be a member of the BYU football program. We'll talk about his commitment. We'll also talk about Rudy, Rudy, Rudy Williams announcing that he will be a member of the BYU men's basketball program. Could he have some help coming along in the transfer portal as soon as today? We'll get to all of that ahead on today's show, as well as a recap of the weekend that was in BYU sports, both softball and baseball getting sweeps in California. We got it all ahead on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. But more importantly, thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you guys get your podcast. I'm going to point down here on the video screen. There's a little corner. If you're watching this or listening to this on YouTube, hit that follow for more podcast button. That way you can always be apprised of when a new episode drops. We do these on the daily, Monday through Friday, and even beyond on that sometimes when the situation calls for it. we got a lot to cover ahead on today's show, but a huge thank you once again for your support of the podcast. As always, please follow the show on social media. It never stops online. Search out Locked On Cougars, whether you're on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find us there. You also can find my work, my Twitter feed, which is my social media platform of choice. Find me at Jacob C. Hatch, and as always, if you ever want to drop us a note via email, advertising inquiries, whatever you guys have got, feel free to reach out to us. Locked On BYU at gmail.com is the email address. All right, getting going on today's show, let's talk some BYU football. An announcement coming over the weekend that Ryder Burton from Springville High School, literally just minutes down the road from BYU, will be a member of the BYU football program. He made that announcement in a social media post and very much looking forward to this young man playing for the BYU football program. More importantly, because it appears the BYU believes that they have found their quote-unquote quarterback of the future just minutes away from campus. Now, let me explain why I believe that to be true, because any of you who have paid attention to BYU's recruiting in the past, and I think there's a 50-50 split. Some of you like recruiting like myself. I like to look at the future for uh, prospects, the programs that are recruiting them, all that stuff. There's a lot of you out there that say, okay, I just want to see guys on the field when they show up at BYU. Let me see what they can do. Well, the reason why you should care about Ryder Burton is because Aaron Roderick, BYU's offensive coordinator, has been the quarterback's coach for the entire run that Kalani Satake has been at BYU. Going into their seventh season now, Aaron has always said he's going to take one quarterback per class at least. And the reason why the Ryder Burton commitment is significant here is Aaron does not just throw out offers like they're candy to any quarterback who just seemingly expresses interest in the BYU football program. He is very thorough in how he goes about scouting these quarterbacks. He likes to see them throw at different camps. He likes to talk to people around them, coaches, administrators, uh, parents, all that stuff, to make sure that he feels like he's got a very good grasp on what the young man who he is going to 
potentially extended an offer to is going to do for him because Aaron is not a guy who is going to go out there and just say, okay, any quarterback can run my system. It's not that way. You have to be very much in tune with what Aaron is trying to accomplish as a play caller, as the offensive coordinator, understand the philosophies more so than just understanding the actual plays and being able to uh, call those plays and run them to perfection. You need to understand the intricacies of BYU's offense. Think about what guys like Zach Wilson and most recently Jaron Hall have done. They have been very well versed in BYU's offense and they run it. They're able to ad-lib when needed, but they know what is going on. There's an implicit trust between coach and player with Aaron Roderick that I think that the BYU football program, the rest of the uh, program, I think, sees the synergy that dynamicism between Aaron Roderick and his quarterbacks, and I think it lends itself to a lot of the guys on the offensive side of the football understanding that, okay, if Aaron Roderick trusts this guy as our starting quarterback, I need to trust him as a player, and I need to follow his lead. And that's the good news for BYU football, is that Aaron Roderick knows what he likes in quarterbacks, and when he finds a guy he likes, he doesn't hesitate in offering them, and when they commit, you can pretty much take it to the bank that they are going to be a productive member of the BYU football program. Now, does that mean that Ryder Burton is going to come in here whenever he shows up at BYU? I don't know if he has definitive mission plans. I would assume uh, that at some point he may go on a mission, but does that mean when he shows up at BYU, whether it's this coming uh, recruiting cycle in 2023 or beyond that, potentially in 2025 or 2026, that he shows up and he's the quote-unquote heir apparent to be the next great BYU quarterback? No, that doesn't mean that by a long shot. But what it does mean is that BYU has found a guy they believe that is more than capable of challenging first off for playing time and then potentially also becoming a starter and running this offense under Aaron Roderick's tutelage. Now, what Aaron Roderick is looking at is he's looking at a kid that's six foot two hundred and eighty pounds. Doesn't uh, necessarily jump off the page at you saying, "Okay, Ryder Burton is a can't miss guy. He's that six five, two hundred and forty pound behemoth that can run, can throw the ball a mile." But let's be honest. All the quarterbacks that have had great success in Aaron Roderick's offense, they have not necessarily been prototypes. Zach Wilson, hardly a prototype quarterback. Six foot one, six foot two, 190 pounds when he finished at BYU. When he came to BYU, he was probably about 165, 170 pounds. Uh, Jaron Hall, a little thicker than that, weighs in at probably about 205, 210 pounds, but maybe five foot 11. Aaron Roderick knows what it takes to be a successful play caller in the offense that he likes to run, and he believes that Ryder Burton has that skill set. More importantly, he's got a guy that trains high-level quarterbacks at every level of football telling him, I think in his ear, that this kid can do it. That would be none other than BYU great John Beck, obviously working at 3D QB down there in Southern California now, training guys like Zach Wilson in the pro ranks, also working with the next crop of college talent, and then also working with some high school guys like Ryder Burton. Ryder Burton has been working with John Beck, and you can guarantee if John Beck called up BYU and told Aaron Roderick, hey, this kid's got it, I would very much believe that Aaron Roderick took that very much into consideration when offering Ryder Burton this scholarship. Now, there's another interesting dynamic that came with all of this is that Gary Bohannon, of course, he was the former starter for the Baylor Bears. He announced yesterday that he's going to be transferring to USF. So, BYU thought that they may not see Gary Bohannon after their matchup a year ago in that beatdown down there in Waco. Well, actually, you're going to see him a week earlier than originally planned. You're actually going to see him playing against BYU in the season opener against USF. Now, that will obviously require Gary Bohannon to beat out the incumbent Timmy McLean for the Bulls. Uh, McLean gave BYU fits last year in that game in Provo. But Gary Bohannon... 
in his story with Pete Thamel from ESPN said this, uh, Bohannon said he took a visit to Missouri since announcing his transfer from Baylor. He also told ESPN he considered BYU, Georgia Tech, Liberty, and Oklahoma. Well, that means that Aaron Roderick and the BYU Brain Trust at least was in conversations or maybe had a conversation with Gary Bohannon. I think Gary Bohannon understands what BYU's offense is all about. And Gary Bohannon, I think, actually would have fit very nicely in BYU's offense. The interesting dynamic about Gary Bohannon is he only has two years of eligibility remaining. So what? Had he chosen BYU, he would have come in here, likely been challenging uh, with Jaron Hall for playing time. I don't think he beats out Jaron Hall, but then potentially Jaron Hall moves on and Gary Bohannon is BYU's starter their first year in Big 12 play. And as a former starter in the Big 12, Gary would give you plenty of resources, knowledge of playing these type of teams going into that. So some interesting dynamics with the quarterback situation for BYU, but I can tell you this much. BYU does not throw out offers, like I said, to any quarterback under the sun. They are very thorough in how they go about this. The same way across the entire offense. Uh, I know that Chris Brooks was vetted very thoroughly at the running back position as a potential replacement for Tyler Algier. So... I think that Aaron Roderick knows what he wants in quarterbacks, and when Gary Bohannon, and then obviously with the commitment of Ryder Burton from Springville High School coming in, there's very much a type that he goes after. And if he finds the guy he likes, you can guarantee that BYU is going to chase them as long as they possibly can, and it appears they have landed at least one guy, and maybe the quarterback for this recruiting class in 2023 in Ryder Burton, and I wish him nothing but the best because, uh, man, there are a lot of good quarterbacks in this state. Uh, Jackson Brousseau was a guy that BYU had interest in. He recently committed to Colorado State. I had some conversations with some folks close to Jackson Brousseau who had ho- he had hopes that BYU was going to pursue him a little more heavily, and he's a very, very good quarterback. Won the state title good for Lehigh High School, competing against Ryder Burton. BYU picked Ryder Burton over Jackson Brousseau, at least it looks like on paper here. So, This is a very interesting situation, but I think you should be excited as a BYU fan that potentially the next great BYU quarterback is just right down the road, literally. It's that that, uh, Highway 89, just down there in Springville. It's not a very far drive to find your next quarterback. It's always a good thing to recruit your backyard. If you can find the right guys to give you guys what you need, speaking of BYU football, and they're right there in your proverbial backyard, you got to take them. So congratulations to Ryder Burton. Looking forward to seeing him suiting up for BYU at some point in the not-too-distant future. It could be anywhere between one in four years. That's the crazy thing about missions. It's just kind of how things uh, pan out when guys leave on missions, if they decide to go on a mission, if you like decides to enroll right away. So many dynamics to all of this, but the good news is there is a quarterback in the recruitment pile or pool, I guess is what I should say, for BYU football in the 2023 recruiting class. All right, some other good news came over the weekend for BYU basketball. Rudy. Rudy. Yeah, Rudy Williams announced that he's a member of the BYU men's basketball program. What does that mean for Mark Pope? We'll talk about all that here in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at Built Bar. Summer is coming. I know it's crazy to think about. We can get these crazy storms rolling through here in Utah. If you don't live here in Utah, you probably have heard from family or friends about how weird this spring has been. But summer is coming. I can assure you of that. And with summer, you're going to need something to eat with you and take it with you on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to put in your to-go bags. Whether it's your kid's backpack, your day pack, 
pack it in there and have it for you guys. It is gets you fueled for all of your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, healthy and delicious, and it's easy. All you got to do is go to Built.com and order them now. All the Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. They also just launched the Built Granola Bars. So take advantage of all the different options available to you guys. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And the best part is their, their macros absolutely incredible. Just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein packed into each one of these bars. They're absolutely incredible. I want you guys to give them a shot. I cannot encourage you enough to get over to Built.com right now. And just to encourage you a little bit more, use the promo code LOCKED15 while you're there. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Yes, you heard that right. Promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Save some money on the best tasting protein bars and have something for the go with everything you're doing this summer with our friends at Built Bar. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you guys get your podcasts. It is time to talk a little BYU basketball and a lot happening over the weekend. Let's be very frank about this, but BYU got a big-time commitment with Rudy Williams. I know I'm saying, Rudy, Rudy. I'm a big fan of the movie Rudy. And when you have a guy like Rudy Williams, I know he plays basketball, but when he's coming to BYU, I am going to take all the liberties in the world and use that phrase as much as possible. I think this is a huge pickup for Mark Pope and company. Rudy Williams is a six foot two combo guard, a guy who can play both the on ball guard, the point guard, and off ball, where he's more of a swing man, but he's capable in both of those roles. He averaged 14.7 points per game this past season at Coastal Carolina, also added 4.2 rebounds and 3.7 assists. On more importantly, here's the numbers 51% shooting and also. 45% from three. Now, we all know that BYU struggles from beyond the arc during the last season were just abysmal. It seemed like when BYU needed a three, if it was not Alex Barcelo making it, nobody else seemingly could make it. Obviously, there were games where guys had breakout performance. Like I think of Gideon George and the NIT having a great night from three. But the consistency factor, the consistent uh, ability to shoot the three at a high clip was not there for BYU basketball. Rudy Williams appears to have solved that problem for BYU because when you shoot 45% from three, I don't care what level of basketball you're playing at. That is an incredible number. That is Alex Barcelo type numbers. And Rudy Williams is going to be coming in looking to reprise that role for BYU's offense. Could he have another guy coming in to join him? That is a hope for BYU basketball coming through on today. That is Antoine Davis. He has taken official visits to the likes of Maryland, Georgetown, and Kansas State, as well as most recently BYU. And he is set to make his announcement today about where he will play, be playing his college ball. There has been a lot of smoke about Kansas State being the odds-on favorite to land Antoine Davis, a transfer from Detroit Mercy, but I can tell you this much. What I have heard about BYU's chances actually are about as good as BYU could have hoped for going into this announcement. Obviously, on tomorrow's podcast, the Tuesday edition of the show, uh, we'll talk about whatever the announcement was, whether Antoine Davis does declare that he's going to be a member of the BYU basketball program and may give BYU their, their most offensively prolific backcourt since the Jimmer Fredette era. I'm serious about this. If you get Antoine Davis, he is absolutely capable of taking over a game. And Rudy Williams, I think he's more than happy to have a bucket-getting guard to play alongside him. Uh, Davis is a little bit smaller guard. They list him at six foot one. I don't know how necessarily how tall or accurate that is. But the thing he can do, he averages 24.6 points. That was just this past season on also just 41% shooting. So maybe not the highest shooting percentages. Also shot 36% from three. But... 
what he lacks in terms of his overall efficiency numbers with his shooting, etc., that's what Rudy Williams could be the nice compliment for him with. You get these two together. You have a guy like Antoine Davis. When you need a bucket, you just need to get points. Antoine Davis can go get that for you. That's what he is capable of. He has a shot. I know it's a little bit of an outside shot at becoming the most prolific scorer in all of college basketball if he has a big season this coming year. He needs to average about 27 points per game to pass Pistol Pete Maravich for the all-time scoring record in college basketball. I'm not saying it's out of the question, but 27 points a game is a lot. But a guy like Rudy Williams is more than capable of giving Antoine Davis the ability to go after that record because Rudy Williams shoots an efficient 45% from three, 51% from the field, and it sure seems like the way he plays, it actually would fit together with what Antoine Davis is doing here. So I think this is actually a match made in heaven if Antoine Davis decides that BYU is where he wants to be. I think it would be one of those things you look at, okay, now you have a backcourt that is been a, that is capable of taking over any game. These two guys, in my opinion, could go for 50 points on any given night, and when you add a guy like Fush Traore in the front court, who's more than capable of giving you a double-double offensively, well, BYU's offensive lows from last year appear to be gone in in an instant. That's the crazy thing about this. So we'll talk more about Antoine Davis and whatever decision he makes on tomorrow's show, but I really like Rudy Williams and his addition here. Now, obviously, you need to fill out the rest of the scholarships for BYU, and that's where you have two guys coming on official visits today and tomorrow. Those would be Josiah Alec. I talked about him last week a little bit. He's a stretch four from UMKC, the University of Missouri. Missouri at Kansas City. Uh, he is coming to BYU today, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's actually today he's visiting. And then he will be uh, on campus for up to 48 hours checking things out. Six foot eight, 240 pounds, very much fits the role that a guy like Caleb Lohner vacated for BYU basketball this past season. But Alec is a more proven offensive weapon than what Lohner proved to be. He's kind of the guy that BYU fans hope that uh, Caleb Lohner would turn into when he showed up at BYU. He's a versatile forward, can play inside and outside and step out to the three and hit that. And then also BYU is going to be welcoming in uh, Mo, let's see, Mo Njia. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. He is from Eastern Michigan. He's a forward slash center that BYU actually previously had recruited. Did not offer in the high school ranks, but he went to Eastern Michigan this past year and was a First team, all, not first team, I guess he was all MAC, so Mid-American Conference. He was one of their freshmen of the year, for lack of a better term. A very, very capable big man. Six foot 10, 245 pounds, has a seven foot two wingspan, uh, averaged 6.6 points, 5.3 rebounds, and one block on 62% shooting, while also shooting 50% from three, albeit only eight attempts and making four of them. But he shows some ability to shoot from the outside. This would actually be a nice pickup for BYU because it gives a guy like a Tiki Ali Atiki a nice running mate at the five spot for BYU and also allows Fus Traore to slide over and play more of that natural four position that would make him more capable and more dangerous for this BYU basketball program. So I'm not saying this is a done deal by any means for BYU, but think about this. If you were to bring in Antoine Davis, who's one of the more prolific scorers in all of college basketball history, you have a very efficient shooter in Rudy Williams. Well, there you go. There is your backcourt tandem, your starting backcourt who is more than capable of taking over a game offensively for BYU. You have Fus Traore, who you're slotting in as your starting four-man, and you put a guy like Mo Njia over there alongside Atiki Ali Atiki to give him the ability to operate in the low post with another big man presence out there. And then also, oh, by the way, Josiah Alec comes in and just kind of cleans things up at that stretch four position. With all the other guys on the roster for BYU, Spencer Johnson, Trevin Nell, Gideon George, 
suddenly this BYU roster doesn't look half bad if this all works out the way that it appears that it could. There's still a long way to go on this because BYU also has brought in the likes of a guy like Kim Aiken Jr. He is a forward from Arizona. It would only be a one-year guy, if I'm not mistaken. A transfer from the University of Arizona. He was a wildcat, 6'7", six, six 215 pounds, kind of in the same mold of a Josiah Alec where he's more of a stretch four, a kind of a swingman type player. But Kim Aiken has averaged double-digit points in the Pac-12 and two seasons 2019-2020 averaged 13.3 points the following year uh, he uh, averaged 11.3 points this past season had a very interesting year he only played in seven games before disappearing off the roster around the early February for Arizona but if Mark Pope pulls this off folks and he gets all these guys he gets uh, a backcourt tandem that we just talked about in both Antoine Davis as well as Rudy Williams who's already in you get Mo and Gia you get Josiah Alec maybe Kim Aiken coming in here as transfers for BYU can we stop the weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth for the BYU basketball program because I think Mark Pope may have answered all the questions that people had about him and his ability to remake this roster because trust me a lot of people were saying well Mark Pope's going to go down this is his last season he's going to lose his job after after this debacle well let's not be too hasty in saying that because it appears that he is doing some very very nice things in the transfer portal right now like I said still a ways to go you got to land a guy like Antoine Davis and the hope is that you hear that hear the good news today that he picks BYU I had a very good feeling about Rudy Williams going into his decision on Saturday I do not have the same type of feel on what Antoine Davis is going to do he's been very very I guess uh, mysterious about what he's going to pick he hasn't really tipped his hand at all but the good news is BYU's in the mix, and we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. All right, coming up in t- just a moment here, we need to recap the weekend that was in BYU sports, uh, baseball and softball having stellar weekends in California. And we also need to highlight another one of the great players in the independent era for BYU, a guy who is still suiting up in a BYU uniform today. We'll talk about that guy here momentarily. A word, though, real quick on our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information needs. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and Major League Baseball season, online right now at betonline.net. It is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. If you want to have some fun, by the way, if you watch sports like I do, and obviously I watch them for a living in my radio job, but if you want to add just kind of a, a unique element to it, just make it all the more fun to watch the games that maybe you don't necessarily have a personal rooting interest in, Go to betonline.net. Put some quote-unquote Skittles on it. It changes how you watch these sports. I can assure you of that. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you now. It's all courtesy of our friends at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, before we go here on today's show, let's highlight uh, BYU sports from the weekend. But before we do that, let's get to another one of our great players from the independent era, our top 50. We stop at number 43 today, and we're talking about number four himself, Lopini Katoa, uh, the former transfer from Oregon State. He never suited up for Oregon State, but he committed there before his mission to Kalani Satake, came home off of a mission, and since joining the BYU football program in 2018, Zach Lopini Katoa has been a very solid player for the Cougars. Never a guy who has been the lead guy for BYU, like maybe he hoped for in his BYU career, but he has been more than capable in that complimentary role at running back for the Cougars. For his career, in four seasons played so far, he has 307 carries, 1,519 yards, and 19 touchdowns on the ground. 
add to that 76 receptions for 723 yards and six touchdowns as well. He is very much a guy that I think is going to be a guy that BYU fans look back on when Zach or Lopini, as most people call him, his career is done. They're going to look back at what he did for the BYU football program and realize that he was a guy who sacrificed a lot during his time as a Cougar. He had injury concerns early on in his career that really never allowed him to become the quote-unquote bell cow back. When it seemed like he may have his opportunity to do that, think about this. A guy like Tyler Algier emerges and becomes a stud who rushes for almost 2,500 yards in his own right over two years. This year, Chris Brooks has come in as the transfer from Cal and appears to be the odds-on favorite to be the number one guy at running back for BYU. But all the while, Lopini Katoa has been a more than capable guy who has just been just a guy that you can count on game in and game out. Injuries aside, early on in his career, but the last two years, there has been little to no fanfare about injury concerns for him. That's what I love about Lopini Katoa. Never a guy who's ever complained about the role he has played, at least to the media. Maybe he's complained internally, but he has stuck with this program. He believes in Kalani Satake. He believes in what BYU is trying to accomplish, and I think that he is a guy that once all is said and done in his BYU career, I don't know how it's going to play out this coming season, but when it is all said and done for Lopini Katoa, he's going to be one of those guys you look back on and say, you know what? Thank you for being a guy who is willing to sacrifice a little bit to allow the greater good, the, the, the ability for the BYU football program to thrive in spite of your personal accomplishments. I think Lopini should get a shot at the NFL level. I don't necessarily know if he'll stick or ever have that big of a career in the NFL. But I think an NFL team can look at him and say, okay, this is a kid who will do anything uh, for our program. Does that mean that he'll get the opportunity? I don't know, but I can tell you this much. I very much have appreciated all my interactions with Lopini. I've always enjoyed talking with him, and I think he is going to have a great senior season this year, a quote-unquote super senior season because this is his COVID year he's going to be going into this year. But I hope he's able to go out there, put up some, some solid stats alongside guys like Chris Brooks and Miles Davis and show what he is capable of of in the final stanza of his BYU career. So there you go. Lopini Katoa, number 43 in our all-independent honors uh, for these players. Tomorrow we'll talk about another one of the non-independent players, the greats of all time outside of the independent era for BYU. We'll get back to that on tomorrow's show. Now a couple other notes before we go here is congratulations to the BYU baseball program. Got their first road sweep in quite some time, beating Pepperdine 4-2 in Game 3 down there at Eddie D. Field Stadium in Malibu, California. Big win for BYU because now they are 27 and 18 on the season, but more importantly, they're 11 and 10 in conference play. The top six teams, I know some other podcasts out there have said that the top four teams make the West Coast Conference Tournament. Yes, in previous seasons, it was the top four that made the West Coast Conference Tournament. This year, they have expanded the field. The top two seeds will get the automatic uh what do you call them? The buys into the semifinal round, but you got to be in the top six to make the conference tournament. Sweeping this series for BYU helps their chances immensely of making the West Coast Conference Tournament field. This is a team that refuses to back down, folks. This baseball program is a ton of fun to watch. If you've not had an opportunity to get out to Miller Park and watch the Cougars in action, I would encourage you guys to get out there. They return home for their final eight games of the regular season, beginning with Dixie State tomorrow at 5 o'clock Mountain Time. Should be a great weather. Actually, no, tomorrow, yeah. 
yeah, the bad weather's today. Great weather tomorrow in Provo. So get out and watch that. And obviously, the coming this weekend, they'll also be at home at Miller Park. Take advantage of the opportunity to see this team while you can because the season's drawing very quickly to a close. And with eight games remaining, they could use all the support they could get down the stretch here. Now, BYU softball, they continue their prolific ways. They beat uh, Pacific 11-0 with the Mercy Rule in five innings Saturday afternoon at Bill Simone Field. The Cougars outscored the Tigers 24-0 across their three games, winning 3-0, 10-0, and 11-0. BYU is now 38-10 and 10-2 in West Coast Conference play. So congratulations to Gordon Eakin and his squad. They will host four games at home this week. They will start that off tomorrow with Utah State coming to uh, Gale Miller Field. So we actually can get a two-for-one in essence. If you want to go watch BYU baseball and softball play, they'll be in action both tomorrow. Uh, They'll also be in action later this week back in West Coast Conference action. So a good weekend for BYU baseball and BYU softball. So congratulations to both programs on their solid showings in California. And then our final note today is best of luck to the women's golf program. They are at the NCAA Regionals in Nashville, Tennessee at the Vanderbilt Legends Club looking to make it to the NCAA Championships. you got to finish in the top four of the NCAA Regionals to make that championship field. We'll see how it all shakes out for BYU's golf throughout this week. We'll have that covered for you as the tournaments play out today, tomorrow, and I believe Wednesday as well. All right, that'll do it. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. Thank you for making it's your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you now to go check out Locked On Big 12. Make it your second listen of the day. Always good stuff from Josh Neighbors and company. Check that out wherever you get your podcast, free and available, just like this one. That'll do it. Have a great one. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 9th, 2022, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.